This is College Dame Day, a podcast for college football fans, hosted by three sisters who recap last week's games, talk about upcoming matchups, and find some time to trash talk the teams they don't like. Let's join Megan, Amy, and Laura as they break the huddle and kick off this week's episode. All right, everybody, welcome to week four of season two for College Dame Day. Uh, we are looking forward to recapping some of this week's uh, most exciting games. We'll bring back, and I think we brought back last week too, but the return of a fan favorite, Football on Fleek. And then we'll kind of talk about some upcoming matchups, which ones we've got our eyes on and make some picks this week. So let's recap some of the, the best games. The SEC did return this week. I wasn't too excited about it on last week's podcast, but I will say they did lead to some much better games. Uh, what did you guys think? What games were you watching? Um, the LSU game and the Oklahoma game, because <laughs> those were two very large upsets. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, Mississippi State and LSU. I don't know. I want to get you guys' opinions. Do you think the LSU was too highly ranked? I mean, <laughs> we don't put much credence behind the people anyway. But do you think LSU was just too highly ranked? Yes. What are your thoughts? Okay. And that's why they dropped 14 spots. Um, I Okay, here's the thing. Like, I... I honestly feel bad for the LSU quarterback because he's getting compared to Joe Burrow, like, but like who Joe Burrow had to work with last season. I just think it's incredibly unfair, like the comparisons they're doing, because I don't think that that loss was his fault. Um, and if you think about like Joe Burrow when he first came to LSU or Joe Burrow at Ohio State, because um, like the the last you know, snaps his kid took before this game was in high school. Um, and Joe Burrow wasn't doing anything his first seasons. He was sitting the bench at Ohio State. So I just, I don't know. I think it's really unfair. I think that, like, and obviously their defense, <laughs> the 600 yards <laughs> with Bo Pelini. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I feel like that quarterback is taking a lot of the blame, and it's not even his fault. Yeah, LSU lost not just like a few players. I mean, they set a record for the most players that went to the draft last year. Um, Plus they lost their defensive coordinator. They lost their offensive coordinator or I mean, Joe Brady, who is essentially their offensive coordinator and their Heisman quarterback. So I do think they were probably ranked a little high going into the season. Um, But it's hard to know. It's like they were such a dominant team last year. I think that was just in everyone's mind, you know, and then, even on top of all of the players that they lost to the draft, they had a couple of players um, like Jamar Chase um, opt out just for health reasons because of the pandemic. And so, I mean, they were really, like you said, Miles Brandon was not working with a lot of talent around him. That's why preseason rankings are so unpredictable, you know, because every team is different each year. And so there's no way to really know. But I'm, I'm agreeing with you, Amy. I think that was too high. Yeah, I I think what makes it tough too is like you said they they lost a bunch of talent, both players and coaches. Some have opted out, and I I agree. I, I think they were ranked too high. It kind of put a lot of pressure on them and a little bit of a target on their back. And even after the game, Ed Orgeron was saying like I still think we're a good football team. Like we're going to build on it, and I do think they'll get better. I think he is a good coach, but to have pretty much a brand new team ranked at that high. They were pretty much set up for failure, in my opinion. I think Mike Leach did a good job getting Mississippi State ready. In contrast, Costello looked amazing. Um, he had 623 yards, and so kind of that air raid offense that Mike Leach wanted to bring <laughs> uh, definitely was in play. So I, I yeah. think LSU was set up a little bit for failure there by having that high ranking. And like you said, it just reinforces everyone's point that these these ratings are just a joke. Of all the quarterbacks that I watched Saturday, I was most impressed with him. And he was kind of like an out-of-the-blue one that I wasn't expecting to be. He was just like side-arming things, like avoiding the pressure. I don't know. I was really impressed with him. But I guess this wouldn't be the first time that a Stanford QB transfer (laughs) has done well. So Yes, which just goes to show how much of a difference it makes to have a strong supporting cast around you. You know, because he didn't have that at Stanford Um, in 623 yards. That was a record for the SEC, like all time. That's what that's why I think it's so important to like, because I think that there's kids out there that have like more talent or more athleticism than certain other 
kids playing, but if you just get that right fit, like Joe Burrow at LSU, or, oh my gosh, (laughs) you're really, like, raining on my point here, because now everyone's thinking about something dirty, Um, but anyway, it's like when you find that right fit, now I can't even stop thinking about it, it's like, I don't know, it's just like something special (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. <laughs> it's like some chemistry on the field. It's like, like, Adrian Martinez, like, I think he is so talented. And it's like, it, I honestly think if he did have a better liner, like, he would be, you know, doing better. And I'm, and I'm not saying that, like, I don't know, like, because I do think he did go through a little bit of, like, a sophomore slump or whatever. But I just think that's why it's, like, important. To, okay, I'm just going to stop. As I can. I just, the right fit just keeps. The supporting cast around Joe Burrow, too, like you mentioned, Amy, significantly better. Justin Jefferson is now one of the top receivers in the NFL. That was only one of, like, three or four targets that Joe Burrow had. That was the talent around him. So I, I do get your point that you got to have the supporting cast, too. It can't be – you could be the best okay. quarterback out there. And if there's no one to catch and you can't open up a run game, it's not going to matter. So, or if there's I, no one to block for you, like, right. you know – like Spencer Rattler in the second half, like that kid was like under pressure, you know, the second he dropped back in the pocket, I don't know what happened, but like he just barely had any time. It's just, I don't know. There's so many different dynamics that go into that. Yeah. A couple of the stats too, that kind of jumped out. Um, So you mentioned Bo Pelini, obviously he's back at LSU. Um, Most points scored against a defending national champion. I want to say since like 1920s or so. And then the, um, First defending champ to lose an opener since 1998. Again, that's a little skewed because, again, they're opening up against SEC play. Okay. Was it Michigan that lost in 98? Because we didn't. Yes, it was Michigan. They lost to Notre Dame in their season opener of the 98 season after splitting the national championship with us. So it wasn't us. It was them. I guess it proves that they shouldn't really have been national champions either. Overrated. Or you shouldn't schedule Notre Dame for your opening game. But, yes. (laughs) Both. Um, I think I'm also looking forward to just watching. I'm again. I don't watch the SEC a ton. There's some good football, but I will be tuning in to every post game to hear Mike Leach talk. Um, he's That's he's a riot. Funny. He <laughs> he was pretty excited about the win, and I was laughing. He was saying like, "Oh, you know, we played LSU because you know New England and the Chiefs and everybody else were busy. So guess we got LSU." But he was just making jokes, and uh, I'm excited that he's he's going to be now. Yeah, Yeah, he is very entertaining. Um, So I have a little trivia question for you guys. LSU lost on Saturday, and that was the first time they lost in over a year. Do you know the last game that they lost, when that was, and what team it was against? Alabama? It was not Alabama. Auburn? Nope. It was an SEC team, and I'm going to give you a clue. It went to seven overtimes. Oh, oh, see, I Texas was thinking A&M. that game, and I thought LSU. I thought LSU won that game. So yeah, it was Texas A&M. It was, yeah. A&M. It was on November twenty fourth of two thousand eighteen, and that was the game where it looked like LSU had won, and they went ahead and like the players dumped the Gatorade on Ed Ogeron, and then the officials reviewed Kellen Mond's knee was down when they had thought he had fumbled, and so instead of a fumble, and the game was over they gave Texas A&M another play and Kellamon threw a touchdown pass. And so he tied it up and then they went into seven overtimes. And so Ed had to coach the entire overtime, <laughs> like seven overtimes, like a sticky, disgusting mess. He was like, and all that is wet. The true like, so gross. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, that was, um, that was the last game they lost. Before. See, and I almost said the game was seven overtimes, but then I was like, no, I think LSU won that game. So yeah. that's how bad my memory is. Well, um, that was obviously one of the opening SEC games. Another one was Arkansas-Georgia. I didn't get a chance to watch this, watch this a lot, but it looks like Georgia's having some QB troubles. I did watch this game, and it looked like typical Georgia. They were down at halftime to Arkansas. It was, I think it was 10-7. to 7. I just, like, I was telling Jared this earlier. I don't have a lot of patience for teams like Texas and Georgia where they have all the resources in the world. Like they should have so they have, they do have so much talent and they can't do anything with it. And that was Georgia. I mean, they have all these four and five star recruits. They have like all of these, you know, amazing athletes and 
they were losing to Arkansas. Like, they had no offense. It was just, it was a frustrating game yeah, to their, watch. Their defense is what, like, saved the it game saved for them. them. Yeah. I, um, I actually, though, like, I was a little impressed. Like, okay, Felipe Franks, I feel like he's one of those guys that has talent. He mm-hmm. has athleticism. But, like, and I feel like Arkansas was, like, a good fit because it's, like, no pressure. You're at Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't mm-hmm. expect much. And I feel like coming out in the first half, that's how he played. Like, he wasn't under pressure. Like, he, you know, was showing his, like, true, you know, like, he can play. And then I feel like he was, like, oh, my gosh, we're beating Georgia. Like, the pressure's mm-hmm. on. Like, yeah. I have a chance. And then, like, the old Felipe Franks that just, like, yeah. caves under pressure came out. And then, like, he couldn't, you know, yeah. finish the job. Um, yeah. But anyway. Yeah, Georgia's quarterbacks, on the other hand, they were struggling. Yeah. It does look like JT Daniels will be available. He's cleared and will play against Auburn this Saturday. So we'll see if their woes continue. But, yeah, mm-hmm. kind of having to, like, scramble to replace them. <laughs> um, like their first and second choices. So Yes. All right. Well, let's transition to an SEC game a little closer to home. Auburn versus Kentucky. Um, this one I was flipping back through a few different games, and so I was watching a little bit of it. Uh, Gus Malzone got a, got a little heated. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm laughing because on the outline I put, what do you, what do you guys' thoughts on the callback um, touchdown? And then Megan put, what are your thoughts on the targeting call, which is the same thing. But what <laughs> what, what no. are you guys thinking? Oh, 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 I was thinking that the refs missed the Kentucky touchdown, which was the play before Auburn Gotcha. And ran it back. Yeah. So that was a touchdown. Kentucky had scored. They reviewed it. And I don't know what they were looking at, but they said it wasn't a touchdown. And then on the next play, they turned it over to Auburn, who picked it up, ran it back. And then they got the targeting call, which I think was probably just a makeup call um, by the refs because... It's even know. now. It's even. It no one gets even. a touchdown. It was, two, it was two bad calls. But I will say, I, I feel like the momentum really swung. And Kentucky just never recovered. It was a correct call. It was a blindside block. I, it's the correct yeah. call. I think it's a stupid rule. Yeah. Like, there's a difference between, like, completely, like, just trying to smack the crap out of someone that isn't seeing it. I get that. But when you're kind of running side by side and you kind of, like, you know, push your body a little bit into it, eh, come on. Is, is this football or not? Like, to me, I think the the rule is to be, like, you have to, and I, I hate to put subject, subjectivity in there, like, interpret intent, something like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, Obviously, you gotta let the boys play. So I, I think it was dumb. Do I think yeah. it, it should be a rule? No, but I think it was the correct call. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Gus Malzahn feels the same as you do, Laura. <laughs> yes. Yes. Didn't wear a sweater vest though this week. Uh, he was paying respects, I think, to maybe an old time coach or fan or something. So he had a, a tie ensemble. So a little bummed that I missed the sweater vest action, but <laughs> never. So what did you guys? I wanted to ask you guys what you thought about Auburn going for two after their first touchdown. So Kentucky had scored and, you know, kicked an extra point and then Auburn scored and they decided to go for two. I don't understand that. Like, I don't either. That's why I, I'm like, what, what am I missing? And and it's the same thing in the K-State game, like versus Oklahoma. It's like they were lucky they had a penalty and backed up and had to kick the extra point. It's like when you score and you have the momentum why like un- unless obviously it's at the end of a game and you need two points or something like yeah. that like why chance not taking the easy point and like losing your momentum or like feeling a little bit defeated walking like I don't understand yeah. that yeah it's I, I thought it just was like a weird flex maybe well Megan look at you using millennial words yeah hey, I, I would agree I got a notification that we got a local walk-on commit um and so I was distracted what did you say I said Auburn going for two. It was a weird flex, but okay. Oh, flex or flex? (laughs) (laughs) On flex or on fleek? I was real asking, but okay. Flex, flex, F-L-E-X. It was a weird flex by Auburn. Flex, okay. I I thought you were saying plex, and I was like, I've never heard that. Okay, flex, okay. Got it. Got it. One second, let me write this down. (laughs) Hey, Kaylee, come here. Weird flex, but okay. (laughs) And then just shut the door. Flex. I thought she was saying flex, and I didn't understand what she was saying. Um. All right. Last game of the SEC that we're going to talk about here: uh, Old Miss versus Florida. Uh, Florida won fifty-one thirty-five. Lane Kiffin storyline there. Um, 
Did you mean to write Lainey Kiffin? Hey, Lainey Kiffin? I was just seeing that now. Don't know what that is. No. But, <laughs> oh, good old Lainey. We go way yeah. back. I call him Lainey. Um, he, I, and again, I didn't watch much of this game either, to be honest, but every time I flipped over, it was very confusing because they run a two-quarterback, like, system, mm-hmm. and the announcer, the announcers were not fans of it. The announcers, like, mm-hmm. kept quoting John Madden. They're like, well, if you have two quarterbacks, you essentially have none. But then yeah. some people were saying that, I don't know, it's weird. It's kind of like running a two-setter system. I don't, yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, I'm not generally a fan, but I have to say it does work sometimes. Like it worked at Nebraska when we had Tommy Frazier and Brooke Berenger. That wasn't really a two quarterback system, though. That was just injuries taking turn injuries. Like, okay. Well, I was also going to just say it like Tim Tebow and Chris Leak did it too. And it worked for Florida that year. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I do think in the rare occasion it can work, but. In general, I'm not a fan either. Like, I think if you have a running quarterback and a throwing quarterback and you're playing a team that has, like, a defense that, you know, like, I can see maybe one over the other, but just, like, like how Army had a couple years back, how they just, like, switch them every, like, yeah, I don't. I mean, that's I what Florida did. Um, and maybe possibly, too. Um, so Amy kind of mentioned maybe someone, kind of a dark horse Heisman, um, Costello at Mississippi State. Uh, what do you guys think about maybe Kyle Trask? He had six touchdowns, 416 yards. Possible? Here's what I think about Kyle Trask. I'm a fan. I've been a fan of Kyle Trask since he came in for Felipe Franks when he got injured in the game against Kentucky last year. Um, I think he is a really good quarterback. One of his strengths is that like, he doesn't try to do too much. Like, He is just <laughs> super consistent but okay I i'm not the one laughing amy is <laughs> it's just you're trying to just say a nice way of like i don't know that he's not like good enough to do it but he doesn't suck so he did like no no so that's he, not i'm not saying that like i'm saying he's really consistent he he's just like, like a born consistent player he doesn't yeah, like he, everything i'm looking for yes. in a quarterback honestly yes He's not, but he's not a Heisman because he's not right. going to have these like crazy flashy yes. plays. That's, exactly that's why I was saying. laughing because I knew why? you were trying to say that. That's not like a. That's not a criticism though. That's like wh- I would rather have that. I get what you're saying, and I agree. Okay. But it's like, well, anyway, I don't know. I mean, he is really good, and if he keeps putting up numbers like that, yes, I think he might be in the running for a Heisman. I just think he's going to need a couple of really like huge breakout plays. And I just think he's he's super consistent. He's really accurate. He's very smart. He makes good decisions. But I don't see a lot of the flashy plays. But that could change. Okay. All right. So TBD, TBD. Uh, let's head to the ACC. Um, Wait. Ugh. Before we head oh. to the ACC, I do have another trivia question for you guys. Okay. All right. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> Really see my heart and soul into this, Laura. I need a little more enthusiasm from you. Laura's like, okay. Okay, I'm very excited for your trivia question. Kyle Trask has been a backup quarterback until this year. He's been a backup quarterback since his freshman year in high school. Do you know who the starter was? What high school did he go to? He went to Manville High School. It's in Texas. (laughs) What's it called? Manville. Manville. No, I said Manhole. It's like oh, a construction magnet. <laughs> if you don't make it in football, it's your backup plan. Yeah. Okay, so it's um, someone we've all heard of. Baker Mayfield. No, no, no. He's a current no. Division One oh. player. Oh. They're like, you the would have age. to be if he was yeah. in high school at the same time. Yeah, they're the same thought, age. So this quarterback was... Not I think he could be a freshman, and that could be a, a senior. I'm telling you, they're the same age because he played okay. second string to him the entire time he was in high school. Gotcha. Okay. Give us give us a, a conference. <laughs> uh, ACC. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. No. Oh. Um, Derek King. It is Derek King. Oh, yes. Okay, I'm not sure. That would make sense because he was in Houston. He went to Houston right, first, so he was from yeah. Yep. Very interesting. Thank you. Alrighty. So speaking of the ACC and 
utter boringness for the worst college game day. Um, Miami versus Florida State. I watched maybe the first quarter and then tuned in periodically because it was such a blowout. Florida State just, I don't even know. It It's such a train wreck. I mean, I expect them to be bad, but you always hope that like for a rivalry game, they'd show up a little bit more. I'm still not convinced on Miami. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they looked good, but then again, they were playing Florida State. So... We'll see. I, I want to see Miami play Clemson in a couple weeks and just, I don't think they'll obviously win, but I'm, depending on how they show up, I'll kind of give them a, uh, a fair rating. But I, this, mm-hmm. that game was just such trash. Yeah, I didn't even watch it. So it looked like they were playing a high school football team. Like there was just yeah. so many. It wasn't even like, okay, like you're playing a good game. The other team's just better. Mm-hmm. It was, mm-hmm. you don't even know how to run a play. Right. <laughs> I bet I bet Norval was in his little quarantine me like I'm so glad I got the COVID. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing. When Miami plays Clemson in a week, I think that's what will like kind of make me a little bit more decided on Derek King because I want to see how he plays under pressure against like an actual team. This is yeah, it was such a boring game. I like I said, I didn't even watch it because I saw the score and I was like, "There's better games on." <sighs> uh, Louisville played Pitt. Poor Louisville. Yeah. They're playing some tough teams. They they kept it pretty close. Um, they ended up losing only by a field goal. Yeah. Did you guys see that um, that touchdown that Pitt got? Where yes, he like tackled me, like rolled over him. him. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's like yeah. stuff like that. I feel like just mental breakdown. You know what I mean? Like if mm-hmm. we could have that back. They would. Like that's not even a mental breakdown. It's like everyone thinks his knee touches there. Even like in slow-mo, they have to like pause it to see like the bare, like where his knee was barely, like, you know what I mean? That's just yeah, like but unlucky, gotta, I feel. Yeah, but you've got to play, like you've got to be disciplined. I don't know. But it's also tough too because it's not like you want to come in and like smash right. the guy was on that's the ground because then you're going to get yeah, a penalty. Like, so. Yeah, I just think that was unlucky. I really do. Yeah. Okay. Probably my favorite game of the day. Going to the Big 12 here. Okay, I have a joke. Are you ready for it? Yes. Yep. The Big 12. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. Uh, Very nice. Very nice. I feel like at any time in, like, the scrubbiest of scrub sounds, the Big 12 can be, like, the number. Like, it's just, you don't know what's going to happen in that conference, which... I was like, I guess I have to eat my words from, like, the beginning about, like, Oklahoma running away with the conference and it turning into, like, a Clemson because, yeah, yeah I'm not seeing that happen at all, so. K-State versus Oklahoma. What the what happened? It, that was, <laughs> that was insane. Yeah. And it, it only happened in the very last part of the game, yeah. like. Oklahoma was, was up 38 to 14 or something. Yeah. 35-14, yeah. 35. Yeah, 35-14. I mean, crazy. Yeah. yeah, it was. I mean, I think what struck me was um is is how much how dominant Oklahoma was in the first half and even a little bit of the third quarter. And then I want to know what like switch got flipped. Like I want that switch because all of a sudden they couldn't do anything. And again, obviously everyone's gonna say they Oklahoma's never gonna win the national championship because they will never bring a defense. Mm-hmm. And so obviously that side of, needs to be corrected, but. Spencer Rattler, a little bit of a little bit of trouble there. He had three interceptions. They had four turnovers total, including blocked punt. And Skylar Thompson, K-State's quarterback, comes out of nowhere. And I would like to say, this guy I've had my eye on since week one, Deuce Vaughn. And I said he, he is, is going to be the favorite cute. underdog. Mm-hmm. Yes. You so. He is very cute. You, but you have to realize that two of Spencer Rattler's interceptions were in, like, the first part of the game when they were still, like, because it was just that last one at the end that really, like, I mean. Sealed the game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that the other ones didn't hurt. But, like, his, yeah, that last one was the one that, like, um, clenched it. But, like, it, it was weird because, yeah, like, the defense, they're never going to be. I mean, well, not never going to be, but like, you know, their defense isn't known for being great. But in the first half, they were still like making tackles. And then it was like that run that he had, the little guy, it was like missed tackle, missed tackle. It was like, I don't know, like they couldn't tackle. And then like their offensive line was just like crumbling around. Yeah. 
Spencer, I mean, that's like, what I was, was going like, to say. Like, he had no time there at the end to, like, even do anything. And, like, he was trying to do what he could. Like, he had a run there for a first down. Like, I, I, I think he's athletic. I think he's a good quarterback. But it was, like, his line couldn't hold up. I don't know. His hair, though, like, it has got to go. <laughs> that is the worst hair. It, Someone like, compared him to Sid from Toy Story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is so bad. Okay, do you guys remember, like, when you were little and, and you had, like, sleepovers and you would, like, braid each other's hair and, like, dreads, like, spend all night, like, braiding each other's hair. and But it never looked like how people on TV do. It just looks like drowned rat, like, really nasty braids. Like, that is what his hair looks like. And I don't understand why somebody doesn't tell him. That's that's your job, baby. <laughs> Slide into his DMs and that's I'll... right. Suggest maybe a new hairstyle. There you go. Um... What I also think is pretty interesting is, so obviously K-State's who upset Oklahoma last year. And so Chris Klein is 2-0 and against Lincoln Riley. And I was kind of thinking about it, and I thought of this comparison. So I want to see what you guys think. It's an NFL comparison. Okay. But Tom Brady, with all his um, championships, could, like, never beat Eli Manning, who is, like, not not known as being, like, the most stellar of quarterbacks. And so, to me, I feel like, Sometimes when like the best of the best, because I think Lincoln Ryan is a very good offensive mind. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes when you go up against one that like is just so outside the box and like mm-hmm. not as good, you don't even know how to like account for it. And I yeah. feel like that's the comparison I make of like Tom Brady just like I have no idea what to do against that Eli Manning, and like that's yeah. Lincoln Riley with Chris Klein. I don't know. I just feel like that's a really big compliment to Chris Klein <laughs> comparing him to Eli Manning because I don't know Eli Manning was a good quarterback like. I honestly think he's kind of similar to to Tom Brady, like in that they're like both like pocket passers, like not they're not going to scramble. They're slow white guys. I don't know. I'm saying Eli Manning's Chris Klein, Lincoln Riley's Tom Brady. Right, I got that. You said they're both pocket passers. Yeah, no, no I was comparing Eli to Tom Brady right there because because I my whole point is that like Lincoln Riley and Chris Klein aren't really in the same like hemisphere of like coaching you know i don't think but like that's my point like when you talk about tom brady eli manning and tom brady are yeah that's what I'm amy's point is that they are a lot closer than chris klein and lincoln riley are yes. so that okay. that's where the comparison breaks down i guarantee a lot of people don't think that but okay fair enough um so from one of my favorite outcomes to one of my why moments is the texas texas tech game so ugh. Texas Tech, shake my head, ended mm-hmm. up losing 63-56. They, uh, they were up by 15 points with just a few minutes left in the game and somehow managed to blow the lead. So, yeah. uh, my big, okay, here's my biggest complaint with it. Okay. Why do you pooch kick it? Why? Yeah, I don't know. And then... The hands team on the onside kick, what are they doing? Like, run up and swat the ball out of bounds or swat the ball up in the air out of bounds. Like, why are you watching it spin towards you and just standing there? Like, you're not even blocking. You're not even trying to get the ball. Okay. Like if you I have gone and picked it up. Uh, let me let me give you the answer, Laura. The one I touched it. Poor coaching. Yes, and they're not a great team. Texas Tech almost lost to Houston Baptist in week one. So I think this reflects more on Texas than it does on Texas Tech. I mean, they're, Texas Tech is just doing what they can do. We are working with what we've got. That's right. This shouldn't have been as close as it was. Um, and I'm so frustrated that they couldn't just, you know, pull it out at the end. But don't say it. I no. didn't. Okay. You guys give me crap all the time, and you allude to it. Amy is the one that said it. So I would just like to put this on record. Anyway, it was frustrating. Yeah. Uh, Ellinger, in contrast, did not look great, but he did throw for five touchdowns. So I think we'll keep him kind of on our watch for the Heisman as well. Megan, you kind of want to know, is, first of all, is there a team to beat? But if there is, who, who's the team to beat in the Big 12? Ugh, good question. I'm telling you, Iowa State, they're coming up. <laughs> <laughs> they're coming. Their, their chances are right there. I really yeah. wish Oklahoma State's quarterback didn't go out. Because I feel like I'd have a better understanding of where they really would be. But they haven't looked good either. So I'm I'm struggling with this one. I don't know. I mean, the Big 12 is, is really not doing themselves any favors. When it comes to, you know, playoff time, I cannot 
see that they're going to get the benefit of the doubt this year. They've looked so terrible. Yeah. Well, maybe some positivity um, coming out of this weekend uh, is perhaps the college kicker curse gone. Or did it just move to the NFL? Because NFL kickers really struggled this week. But did you guys see how well um, the kickers did this week? I did. I was very impressed. Yes. So Florida kicker made a 55-yarder. K-State Lynch, um, that ended up putting them uh, for the winning three points, made a 50-yarder. Our favorite, Dicker the kicker from Texas, had – I will give him credit. That was a very – very, very nice onside kick. How it like kind of spun and like it only looked like it was going to go seven yards and then magically went mm-hmm. to ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Raging Cajuns, who almost lost, um, yes. and obviously fell out of the AP pool because now um, accurate teams are now listed. Um, he made a fifty-three yarder. So, but yeah. he also missed one from like thirty yards earlier on in the game. So, well, that but he redeemed true. himself. I mean, fifty-three yarder—that's impressive. George no Southern. That <laughs> that's game, what she so said. That, where the guy fumbled <laughs> and it went out the back for a touchback. Uh huh. Is anyone mm-hmm. listening to me? Laura's <laughs> yeah, Laura's laughing at herself because she. <laughs> okay, that was hilarious. What I was listening. Well, I didn't even hear what it what Megan said. I said Megan I said, said 50 a fifty three yarder is a long one. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Be like anyway. impossible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified for our listeners. I'm like I'm thinking of even like a, a, like animals and stuff. There's just nothing. So yeah. <laughs> My work here is done. I was just saying that, like, that was really, like, Georgia Southern's game, and they just gave it to the Raging Cajuns because that one, he's, like, going into the end zone, and he fumbles it out the back for a touchback. I mean, that was their game. I don't know. Yes. Yeah, and there was no one around. It's not like someone, like, you know, popped the ball out or anything. So, yeah, Louisiana obviously is not so good. to tackle him, which is why he jumped. So, I mean... Yes, yeah, but, but it, it wasn't hurt. like there was a forcible hit to the ball that he made him lose it. He just like, right, like he just dropped it, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, Amy. Well, why don't you introduce us to um, the next segment? Okay, it's time for football on fleek, and it's our hashtag not fleek segment for the first time. We've always done the best of the best, but this time we're doing hashtag not fleek, and I will go first. Um, did anyone see the army game where they were playing Cincinnati and they like, they got close. It was like in the fourth quarter. They, um, they had like a good play and, um, I think they were within like a touchdown or something and the army like lineman comes over and he just like headbutts the coach. They're all like celebrating and jumping around and he like headbutts the coach and like everyone's like all the players just like stop and they're like dude, what, like, what were you doing? And then, like, someone grabs the coach. He's, like, woozy and, like, takes his head off. He has a bruise under his eye for the rest of the game. He was bleeding. He had one on his forehead and under his eye. Yes. Yes. When the player makes, like, contact, his head, like, jerks back with, like, so much force. And then, like you said, there's, like, another coach, like, struggling to keep him upright as he, like, staggers <laughs> around the field. He's, like, completely disoriented, you know? Well, like, I don't I don't not, even understand doing it when you have a right. person wearing a helmet. Like, sometimes even when that happens, like, one of the players is, like, ooh, hard, you know, yeah. hard hit. Let's give each other right. concussions. Right. But definitely when they're not wearing a helmet, like, what are you thinking? He was just excited, you know? Got caught up <laughs> in the moment. Clearly. <laughs> So funny. Mom will appreciate this one. <laughs> yes. Megan, Megan, what was your hashtag not fleek? Okay, well, um, for me, the not fleek was the Oklahoma football team in general, um, just the entire fourth quarter. They looked so bad. Just not a good look for any team. So I'm just going to go with that. Kind of boring, but I don't think you can disagree with that. No, and mine's mine's not quite as fun as Amy's, but it would kind of be a tie between the Texas um, hands team during the uh, onside kick or the entire Florida State team. I was just watching, like, can't call them highlights, lowlights, I guess. And there's one where, like, the play is already gone for negative yards, and the Florida State guy is being pulled down, 
And instead of just like kind of taking the 15 yard loss, he just like throws the ball straight up in the air. And all that's surrounding him are Miami players. So they literally just like pluck the ball right out and like run it in for a touchdown. I'm like, what would make you think as you're getting tackled by three people? I'm just going to toss the ball in the air. See, you know, see what happens. Nothing could go wrong. So it's just those kind of things where I'm like, they aren't even coached well. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to give it a tie between the Texas tech hand team and the entire Florida state team. Okay. Good choices. Okay. Well, I have kind of a bonus portion to the segment. <laughs> These continue to get more and more out of hand. <laughs> It's the turnover celebration. So uh, Pitt and Cincinnati both bring out uh, like those kind of what you would hang on like your college dorm, like the basketball hoops. And so they they each bring those out and then the turnover ball gets to be dunked in whatever fashion you'd like. My, Miami obviously has a turnover chain. Um, <laughs> this one is so sad. It looks like uh, it looks like you robbed a bank. Old Miss has like a money bag, but it's just like this old burlap sack with like a dollar sign on it. That's why um, it's like they're all so like thuggish. Like somebody get like something pre- like I don't know, like a, a new pair car, of, like, like a pair of glasses with tape in the middle. Like I don't know, something not thuggish. <laughs> well, Amy, Megan might have a solution for you here. Megan, what's your classy solution? Maybe Austin P's a classy solution. Are you talking about their turnover top hat and cane? Ooh, fancy. Yes, it is fancy. They uh, look like the Monopoly man <laughs> after they or like Mr. Through. Peanut. Yes, yeah, that's exactly what they look like. So, I actually have a trivia question for you guys. Oh, I see that you do. Okay, it just magically appeared. So, Louisville has the turnover prop as well. Do you guys know what it is? A little bird that comes out on their shoulder. <laughs> a little cardinal. They're not pirates. Um, they're the I, Cardinals. Jeez. No, I know, but you said they come out on their shoulder. That's why I was joking. Um, well, yeah, the I guy that gets the turnover. <laughs> I do think you guys might know this. I feel like we've talked I've, about it before. I've seen, I've seen it too, and now I'm trying to like get through it all. Miami's turnover chain, by the way, when it's flipped around, looks like a gun. It does look like a revolver. Yes, I yes. thought that's what it was at first, and I was like, oh well, that's on brand. And then I was like, oh no, wait, that's the state of Florida. No, wait. Oh, wait, never mind. That doesn't make sense for Miami. Um, back to Louisville. Uh, what is it? Were they? Were, was that the one where they had to like wipe it down after and they like put it away in storage? No, it's a uh, um, Muhammad Ali boxing gloves. It is actually a boxing belt, but mm-hmm. then they have the touchdown gloves. So okay. turnover. Maybe I didn't know that then. Yes. Well, yes, very on point. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about the AP poll numbers. Um, most significantly, the fact that the SEC, who has just started week one and already looks like trash, um, has four teams in the top ten. Can we yeah. say biased? Um, I mean, I'm going to play devil's advocate here, I guess. I feel like if the Big Ten has teams ranked and the Pac-12 has teams ranked, then, I mean, we might as well have the SEC ranked as well. I think she's um, talking about four teams being up there. Well, I do think that they're punishing Ohio State for being in the Big Ten. I mean, oh, yeah, number six, like I that know. is extremely low, considering they probably have the most returning players of any team. And they were, you know, a bad call away from going to the national championship game last year. So Right, right. So, yeah, there's no way number six. But, I mean... Like we said earlier, I guess, you know, preseason, and I feel like we're in a continuous state of preseason because every conference is, like, staggered right now. It's like, what does it mean exactly? I mean, because in a few weeks, once the Big Ten starts playing, I do expect that Ohio State will move up. Yes, I agree. But I, like, I feel like we're just, like, the whole Big Ten as a conference, which, FYI, we are, like, the black sheep of the Big Ten and the Black Sheep of Conferences. So we, like, have nothing to lose. I was watching the Big Ten today, and they had, like, rerun after rerun of us getting beat. I'm not even kidding. It's, like, us losing to Northwestern, us losing to Iowa, like, back to back to back. Like, it's it's ridiculous. But anyway, (laughs) I'm not bitter about it. But I just feel like Big Ten as a whole, we're going to have to prove ourselves. And I honestly feel like we have to do it even more than the Pac-12 because – 
The Pac-12 is like the like ugly little orphan that everyone just kind of feels sorry for anyway. So they don't mm-hmm. have like people are like, oh, okay, we'll help you know. But yeah. like people are mad at us for what we did that we're not playing as many games. So we are going to have to like prove ourselves more than everybody else, which I'm fine. We're playing. We have a season, so I'm willing to do that. But yeah, I do think it's not the fairest. You can definitely see the bias when you see. And again, I I know I'm still saying I think the jury's out on Miami, but Miami has played ranked teams according to the AP poll and won. Mm-hmm. They're seen at three and zero. And Georgia, who looked like yeah. a disaster at one and zero, is maintaining a four. You've got to be kidding me. Yeah, that's the one yeah. I would say I disagree with the most. Georgia should not be that high. There's no way. They look like crap. I mean, if you're just going off of what they've done so far, they should not be number four. But they're playing with, they're giving like weights to their own conference, which isn't fair, but that's what they're doing. And because they be another SEC team, even though it's Arkansas, it carries more weight than beating an ACC school. Yeah. It's, I'll it's say not other, right. No, that's it's not. It but I mean, I do think like it's even more skewed at the beginning. So hopefully, like my hope is that as the but season goes on, we get is, more games. Since you're yeah. only playing in conference, there's really yeah. no way to prove like it. that's what sucks. And that's why mm-hmm. like the playoff committee is going to have like a hard time because until they start going within conferences, you're not going to know, like, oh, wow, their SEC is really weaker this year. There's no way to prove that because they're only playing SEC schools. Right. The other team that mm-hmm. I thought, and this is kind of goes to the same issue, the other team that is way too high in the polls right now is Texas. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because Texas Tech, yeah, they're in the Big 12, but that's not an opponent that warrants a number nine ranking <laughs> when right. you barely squeak by barely them. Beat them. Yeah. So, and what did you guys think? Okay, this is the last one I want to talk about, but Texas A&M is at 13. Did you guys see any of that game? I did not. Okay, they almost it lost. It was not on regular TV for us. Okay, well, I don't know because I watched it on Jared's computer upstairs, so I, it may not have been but um they almost lost to Vanderbilt and honestly Vandy was the better team they just shot themselves in the foot like three times in the second half it was ridiculous I just I feel like Texas A&M is one of those schools like Georgia they have all the resources in the world Um, I mean Jimbo I know I don't think he's a good coach I will say that look at how he left Florida State (laughs) okay but I bet he's looking pretty shiny right now (laughs) well he's not like I'm saying in comparison to Willie Tiger and their current coach. I'm sure they're probably like, I mean, he got out just in time. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. But yeah, no, I don't think he's a good coach. I just don't, I don't understand why they're ranked 13th because they look terrible. I had a good (laughs) for for, um, Jimbo. It's like when the Joker is like walking away with that like painted on smile on his face and everything's exploding behind (laughs) He's like walking away from yes. He really, he really did. (laughs) Just dodge a bullet there. Alrighty, well, let's wrap up um, this week's podcast talking about some upcoming matchups. So we'll do these a little bit rapid fire, but we'll kind of make our picks on you know who we think is going to win. I am notoriously terrible at this, but let's let's give it a give it a try here. Um, So the straight winners. Yes. Okay. We're just going to pick straight up winners because I don't have a spread and that confuses me. Okay. So <laughs> that's way more thinking than I can do right now. <laughs> also, I really like that, t- that that tweet I sent you guys where it's like, why are we having a debate at um, 9 o'clock p.m. when the candidates are over 70? I feel that. Um, so the SEC. So number 13, Texas A&M taking on number two, Alabama. <laughs> Alabama, no question. Yeah, Alabama's going to beat them and it's not even going to be close. I yeah, I'm gonna take Bama. I'm for sure, I'm for sure taking Bama. <laughs> I like. By the way, like, my hesitancy was not on picking Alabama; pretty. it was on how close it would be. Okay, okay. Um, Missouri versus number twenty-one Tennessee. I'm gonna have to pick Tennessee on this one. Okay, I I, I said that the closest game or like the a good game would be the Tennessee South Carolina, and I was right because you never know which like. Yeah. If, What's going to show up? And so this is like a wild card for me. Yeah, um, this one is, to me too, I think this might be one of the best games, like in terms of 
like close games this weekend. But I'll pick Missouri. I mean, I feel like I could see it going either way, but I'll pick Missouri for the upset. Okay, well, I'll just pick Tennessee. I'll okay. save my upset for the Auburn, the Auburn game. All right, guys, I have one last trivia question for you. Okay. You ready? It is. Okay. Can you name two of the four Power Five conference head coaches who never played college football? Mac Brown. <laughs> no, you know he it was, played. Football. It wasn't called. It wasn't called football back then. <laughs> no, that was my trivia question last season. Remember, because he played for Vanderbilt. I know, but I was I was gonna guess UCF, but then Marie said Power Five, so never mind. Because um, he does not look athletic. Sure, there's two in the ACC and there's two in the SEC. Well, I know that Dabo played. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Saban had to have played. I guess Malzahn did. had to have played. He did. Uh, Mike Leach had to have played. Um, no. no, Mike Leach is one. Mike really? Yeah. Lane Kiffin? No. Oh, I just feel like he would just get abused out there. He he reminds me of Tosh.0, and I just like <laughs> like feel like he he's like streaming. He would get killed out there on the field. Um, Jimbo Fisher. No. Dan Mullen? No. no, he's had to have played. Um, Wait, so there's Jor- there's four, there's one in the SEC and one in the ACC, or uh, two? Shoot, who's Georgia's coach? I was going to uh, say it's Mark Rick, but he it's left. Kirby, it's Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart. He did, play. he did play. There's two in the SEC. Mike Leach is one of them. Okay. And there's two in the ACC. So there's four. Okay. There's four that. total, but I just asked you to name two of them, and I'll tell you the other two. So once you get the next one, then I'll tell you well, the other I want to get all of them, though. Okay. Well, then <laughs> keep going. Okay. Who's South Carolina's head coach? <laughs> uh, Will Muschamp, and he played. He played, yes. Okay. Who's Georgia Tech's head coach? Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, well, he's Collins? not the answer. Jeff Collins, I think, but it's not him. Uh, oh, Missouri's coach. Who's Missouri's coach? Missouri. It's got to be him. Yes, Eli Drinkwitz is one of them. And then okay, well, I would never you... have got that. Okay. Well, he looks like he's never played football yeah, to me. Like, I don't. I don't him. know who their coach is. I've never seen him. Like, I mean, oh, I can't okay. tell you right now. Google, Google a picture of him. Okay, I'm going to tell you guys the ACC coaches because we don't have all night. You're right. He looks like he has never played. Yes. Um, okay, so the other two are David Cutcliffe, who is at Duke, and Manny Diaz at Miami. I also can see that. Yes. Isn't that the one that you thought was really hot, Manny Diaz? Yes. That's who I picked for that segment. I don't, like, sit around and think about the fact that I think he's really hot. I, I don't was- know. Yeah. Moving on. Anyway. All right. So the next game up is number seven, Auburn versus number four, Georgia. Auburn. This this one's tough for me because, you know, I I tend to like if I have to pick an SEC team, I tend to like Georgia. They are starting JT Daniels this week. I don't think it's enough time for him to get ready. So I am going to have to pick against Georgia. I am going to have to go with Auburn. Megan? Um, I'm this is a hard one for me because. On paper, Georgia should win, but I don't trust them. I don't trust that their offense will show up. Um, so I'm going to go with Auburn, I guess. Okay. So Auburn across the board. Big 12 games. Number 18, Oklahoma versus Iowa State. I, I think Oklahoma bounces back. Yeah, I think, like, after that, it's, like, an embarrassing <laughs> Amy's, class. like, quickly abandons her dark horse. Amy's, like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, Amy's, like, Iowa State sucks. No, I against Oklahoma, I, I still think that they can, like, do something in the Big 12 this year, but, like, when you're, if Oklahoma hadn't just lost to K-State, it might be, like, a different story, too, but when you're, like, you have that much talent and you lose a game like that, you're embarrassed and you're, like, hungry and you come out, I don't know. I'm I'm also gonna go with Oklahoma. I think they bounce back. K-State versus Texas Tech. This is a hard one. I know. My gut is telling me Texas Tech, but I really like Deuce Vaughn. The problem is I'm like, K-State, if they play like they played the first week, 
there's no doubt in my mind, Texas Tech. You know, I'm going to go K-State because that's who I want to root for. So I'm going to pick K-State. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's I'm, what I do. I would go with K-State because if Texas Tech plays the way they played against Houston Baptist, then K-State would easily win. So I, I think it's which team is going to show up. They're probably evenly matched. Um, I go with K-State, though. And Amy, you picked K-State as well? Yeah, I did. Okay. All Well, let's wrap up with the ACC. Megan, I'm not going to pick this game. I'm going to let you pick it. This is your special pick. Yeah. The Campbell Camels versus Wake Forest. Yes, I just put that in there because I wanted everyone to note that Friday night there is a game. So tune in and watch the Campbell Camels play Wake Forest. It would be quite an upset if they were able to pull this off, but I will be cheering for them. We will also cheer for them as well. I think this next oh. game you have listed, Laura, is going to be a really good one. Evenly yes. matched teams. I mean, I'm yes. not really sure. Can Florida State get their next, or not their next, excuse me, first. their first, <laughs> their first, their first win. First win. So Florida State is playing Jacksonville State. So we'll see if they can get their uh, first win here. I'm not, I'm not too sure uh, on that one, but uh, we'll see. I'm to... also not going to pick that game. I think the game we should pick is uh, Virginia Tech v. Duke. Yes, I'm going to go with that... Duke. Okay. I'm going to go with Virginia Tech. Um, I want Duke to win, so I'm going to pick Duke. All right. There we have it. Um, we'll be tuning in for uh, these upcoming games, seeing how our predictions work out, and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to College Dame Day. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, hit us up. We are at College Dame Day on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join us again next week for more college football content.